Live from the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is the Sports Betting Preview Show for Thursday, October 16th, a Pregame.com podcast. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm filling in for Tommy Ryder, who is out with, of all things, the chicken pox this week. I don't know how he, he picked that up, but uh, his wife's a school teacher. I don't know if Tommy was hanging out with the kids or whatnot, <laughs> but uh, he's out. I am joined, though, by the godfather, Marco D'Angelo who's the GM of picks here at PregamePros.com. You know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. And then, of course, I've also got Vegas Runner, one of the sharpest bettors and handicappers you will ever meet, feature, also featured at PregamePros.com. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get the show started in, in uh, honor of Tommy Ryder, who's probably listening uh, at bedside right now. We're going to roll into the, our first topic, which is our water cooler segment, and we're going to talk about the Las Vegas Sports Consultants Top 25 College Football Poll, and uh, it, it only took a couple weeks for, for Ken White to get USC back back on top in the, in the poll this week, and uh, VR, I know this is pretty funny, it, it was just a matter of time before they got back, he got his Trojans back up there, it just took a loss by Oklahoma, but... Uh, yeah, I, I want you to kind of expand upon that because not only they're number one, but they're number one by a full two points, which is, to me is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I, I knew this was coming. It was just a matter of time, you know, before the USC over gets goes ahead of one of these Big Twelve schools. There, I, there's definitely a bias there. I mean, all things considered, I, I said this to his last year. Remember when we first met? You could really take advantage of USC games. There was a time last year because. Ken White was was so strong on them last year, saying they were so much superior to other teams that he had them ranked really high. And even when they were having them injury problems, he refused to bring them down more. The reason for that, I think, is because that was when the Las Vegas Sports Consultant Poll started getting recognition. Uh, His goal is to get it in every major newspaper. Right. For it not to be like a side thing, not for like the Washington Post to put it as a side thing once a month. He believes that his rankings are far superior than anything else out there, and that should be what the polls are based on. And I think it's really funny, too, because I listen to Colin Coward on a regular basis, and he actually looks, he talks about the, the LVSC poll as the poll. He said it's more far more accurate than the AP and the coaches' poll, sure. which is exactly what Ken White's looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, what, what I give it respect, and I always look at that poll, and I think as a sports better. You absolutely have to look at the Las Vegas Sports Consultants poll. Number one, they bring out the lines. So you really need to know what the guy's thinking that's bringing out the numbers. Number two, I like to compare it to the AP, to the USA Today, because that gives you an eye of public perception. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of reporters, a lot of sports guys that don't bet these games. I mean, they're diehard fans. They they follow the teams. They write about these clubs, but they don't bet the club, the teams. So to them, it's it's all about public perception that they base their polls on. So I think if you have a combination of the two, you could really form some solid opinions and find some edges in the point spread. You know, where you find an edge. When you're saying the two, are you talking about the AP and the LVSC poll? Yeah, comparing the the AP or the USA Today, one or the other. Because I want to actually get, like, Marco's thoughts on the coaches poll because I think 
the coaches poll is one of the most biased polls out there and kind of compare that, you know, because I know as soon as Alabama beat Georgia, they still weren't getting respect from the coaches. There's still guys like in the conferences who aren't going to vote for Nick Saban no matter what. It's it's like, a you know, the old boy network where they're going to side with their guys. But I want to get Mar- your take on that, Marco. Well, last week, all of the talk radio shows were, you know, the big debate was as soon as Texas beat Oklahoma, are they going to jump five spots, you know? And I don't know if they really should. Now, I agree, Alabama, they were idle last week. So do you move a team up, you know, to reward them for being idle? But the team that's, you know, still not getting the recognition and they haven't done anything wrong yet is Penn State. Uh, You know, they went in and put a whooping on Wisconsin last week. I mean, that was an impressive game. And everybody's down on the Big Ten. The general consensus is the Big Ten's weak. And as weak as people perceive the Big Ten is, I don't think the Pac-10 outside of the, you know, the top one or two teams is that strong. But yet, yet the Pac-10, you know, because there's a bias out here, especially in Vegas, uh, you know, with Ken White, but not only with Ken White, with the betters. Because every weekend, this town gets hit with California people that drive into town for the weekend and love to bet their California teams. And they... And that conference just gets more respect than it deserves. Um, does Texas deserve to be number one? Probably so. I mean, to beat Oklahoma, um, I agree with that. Alabama, you know, I thought that uh, they should have got more credit whenever they went into Georgia. I mean, I was dead wrong on that game uh, with Alabama. And uh, well, You know, it's crazy. Georgia. The crazy thing is Alabama is behind Georgia now. I mean, based off what? I mean, you got you, Alabama's number eight in this poll to my knowledge, they still have not lost a game. They had a close game, and they're getting dropped. I mean, I think they're number have, two in the AP. Exactly, though, they're the number Alabama, two team, you know? and I think you have a valid point, Marco, with with Penn State. But they, they've at least cracked the top five. I think they're getting you know as as much respect as a as a Big Ten team can get. But just the fact that uh, Georgia leapfrogs Alabama. I mean, look, I'm looking at last week's rankings, and Georgia was number nine. What did what did they do to to leapfrog Alabama? I mean, the one thing I wanted to add for our listeners, if you're going to use these rankings, you know, LVSC rankings, AP rankings to help you in your handicapping, um, whether it be to try to gauge public perception, try to gauge what the odds makers think the strength is as far as teams conferences. I really think your best advantage is going to be looking at the lower tier and not looking at the top five. I think the key is to, to, to find them teams that are ranked from 10 to number 20 that the AP either respects too much or Las Vegas sports consultants has no respect for at all. Perfect example was last year, Kansas. Kansas, remember, they were rolling over everybody. They were covering every single game they were covering. But because LVSC did not put them in their poll at the beginning of the year or even after week two and three, their ego stopped, kept Kansas off them. And I believe they got to like 6-0 and before he finally gave in and put him at like 21-22. And I look at this this ranking right here, and you see a team like Cal, 25th in the AP, but 13th in the LVSC poll. And I think that's more where you get, you know, you're going to find your value. South Carolina's 14 in the LVSC poll. Nowhere to be seen, you know, in the AP. So I think if you're going to use this as a tool to handicap, look at the lower tier, stay off the top five. Them things, you know, they're solid numbers. A good point that you make with Kansas last year, uh, Ace, is they were in a Big 12 conference that because they were flying under the radar, because they had to 
leapfrog. You have Oklahoma sure, that's a sure. big team. You have Texas that's Every the marquee year. team. You had Missouri that had a monster year and, as yeah, well. Absolutely. So you have teams that already have the big name, have the reputation, and are doing well. You got to earn, you know, you got to earn your credibility. It's like you know being back home on the streets. You got to. You know, You're absolutely right. You got to make your bones somewhere. You know. Now we're going to talk about Texas against Missouri in our game of the week segment coming up on the, uh, the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast. But what I want to ask you guys now is why isn't Texas number one? First, VR. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I really don't believe it's it's strength of schedule to tell you the truth because um, looking at it. Texas has not the toughest schedule, but Sagarin ratings has them top 40, okay? So, you know, that's fair for a Big 12 team. You're going to have some out-of-conference games. And, I mean, looking at how strong the Big 12 is, I, I think that's even a little low. I think their strength of schedule should get higher. It will definitely as, as the season progresses. But, again, I really believe that they base their rankings more on a player-per-player number than on a team number and what Ken White is saying is the offensive guard offensive tackle offensive center on USC is stronger than that of Texas as a whole team as a team that covers I think Texas has proven they're number one they've covered six straight spreads so no matter what number you came up with this team surpassed it so no matter how good you thought they were they were better Exactly. So to me, that tells me you have no choice but to make them number one. It was definitely an ego move and nothing more because you haven't made a number strong enough for them yet. That just proves your fact that they're that they are six and zero, oh, and you're the guy setting the numbers. You know, when the guy setting the numbers, you're supposed to balance the books. So and so, he's you're, not. so so you're so you're way off on this team. <laughs> you know, it, you, it, you, it, I couldn't have put it better, Marco. You are way off on this team. They're not number two. USC hasn't covered six games. You have put out lines that they were not able to beat, and they're number one. And I understand you're, you, you don't want a team to go 12-0 and ATS, obviously. But at the same point, here we are, seven games into Texas' schedule, and you still have not found a way to get them an L on their against-the-spread record. Now, Mark, to me, I, they're number one. Now, Mark, I just want to ask you one thing. Because I think it's very interesting. The, the big knock on Texas, or the only knock really right now, is in anticipation of their next three games. They have to play Missouri, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech all in a row. I mean, do you think this is something that LVSC is looking at and saying, well, I'm going to assume they're going to lose one of those games. So if they lose one of those games, I mean, that's that's the only thing I could possibly think of, of why Texas is number two. Because they, they know that they're, t- I mean, they just got done playing and beating the top team in the country, yet they have three really tough opponents on deck. That would be putting the cart before the horse. Oh, I, I agree. Exactly. And then you're but, doing what all the other polls are doing, and you're not... You're not basing yours on pure power numbers like you state. You're stating your poll is given the exact strength of the teams. There should be no doubt left. It's not based on ego. It's not. It's, it has nothing, no bias at all. Straight numbers. To use a football reference, if Ken White is like a coach of a football team, he's supposed to make halftime adjustments. Week to week, you're supposed to change your game plan. He's not changing his game plan on the teams. He's still putting USC up there, and, and he's not I making the adjustments. That's where the betters could take advantage. When you see patterns like that exist, you can really jump in and take advantage. And I'm, I'm just looking at the top three right now. I mean, he's got, he's got Florida at number three. They lost at home, and yet Texas is four-tenths of a point ahead of them. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't a huge Texas fan going into the season. 
I'm not wasn't a big Colt McCoy fan either. But I mean, to to be honest, like I, I think he's the Heisman front runner. I think Texas is the best team at this point, and they deserve a lot more respect than they're getting. And USC a touchdown better than Alabama? Yeah, I mean that, I, I that don't, just seems, I don't that seems see crazy. It. To I me. just don't see it. Now we're going to talk more about the the Missouri Texas game coming up in our next segment as the game of the week. Um, you can find the LVSC Top 25 on pregameforums.com for all of you guys interested. Uh, pregame president RJ Bell did post these, and we did get some feedback already on some of the stuff. So if you want to chime in on your thoughts, feel free to do so at pregameforums.com. And we're going to be back with our game of the week, as I mentioned, after this message. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm Matty O'Shea, and we're going to head right into the biggest game of this week, which is another Big 12 matchup. Big 12 has really been the top conference in college football this year. You've got a, a bunch of top 10 teams, and you know, it doesn't get any bigger coming off Oklahoma, Texas. You go right into Missouri, Texas. And this is a this is a, obviously a huge game, you know, uh, Marco. I want to start with you on this game. You know, I want to find out from you who you tend to back in situations like this. You got a team like Mizzou that's coming, you know, kind of is going to be really down after a tough loss to Oklahoma State at home, or do you back a team like Texas off a big win, you know, uh, against the top team in the country? Maddie, that's an excellent question, and I've always believed in handicapping that most people look and say when a team comes off a big win, they automatically assume they're going to have a letdown off of the big win. And for me, I have found over the course of the years that teams build on the momentum. They ride the momentum. A team coming off a loss like that, most people automatically think they're going to bounce back. And I generally feel that they have a tendency to have a carryover effect, like being hungover, you know, go out and party too much the night before. With that said, you have one thing different about this matchup, and it's the fact that Texas now has a bullseye on their back. They got the number one ranking, not by outside Ken of Ken White. White outside of Ken respect, White, yeah, they've got the number one ranking in the polls, and that just changes the whole playing field because everybody's gunning for you. And where Missouri sits in the polls, the fact that they, you know, they stubbed their toe last week. Uh, just coming out of the break, you know, Ace, you mentioned that, you know, you still got the number one team, you know, that you're playing next week. Missouri can make a statement and get right back into the thick of things if they pull the upset on the road at Texas. And in this game, you know, you got to feel that Missouri got caught looking ahead last week. There's no other way to explain it. They've played perfect ball all year. You know, Chase Daniels, you know, one of the leading candidates for the Heisman Trophy. They're putting up points in bushels. Um, they stubbed their toe last week. The key to this game is will Texas be able to stop Chase Daniels in the passing game? Because honestly, if you watch last week's Texas-Oklahoma game, 
Texas really did not stop Oklahoma. Oklahoma stopped themselves. They had a couple drives more than one occasion where they had turnovers that obviously killed them. Texas had a big special uh, teams play. It was huge because they were about to get blown out. It looked like in that right game. that game that turned the game around for Texas. And then you know Oklahoma had a couple costly penalties on it that stalled a couple drives. They really never stopped the passing game of Oklahoma and Missouri's passing game. You know, is every bit as good as Oklahoma's or better? So to me, that's the key in the game. And you know, aside from the you know that they were battling for number one and now got number one, that was a big game against Oklahoma. I mean, every year when Texas looks at their schedule, that's the game on the schedule. And you would figure there'd be a little bit of a letdown. It's hard not to have a letdown after you beat the number one team in the country. Now, Vegas Rudder, we saw a little bit of line movement on this game. It opened at Texas minus seven. It's gone down to minus six. What are your thoughts on, the, on that kind of line movement? I, I, I really expected that because even according to, to the, the ratings, Texas should be about a six-point favorite. So that's fair. Um, I definitely understood right away that the outfits were going to steam and take the dog from Missouri. Because, you know, I did that long enough that I know what they're looking for. And number one, when a team's a 14-point favorite and loses the game outright, right away you have to come to the conclusion that they played below their potential. Any way you look at it, they played below their potential. Because this far into the season, you weren't that wrong. You know, Missouri is not a bad team. Okay, so they played below their potential. On the flip side... You have Texas, who was a seven-point dog, playing above their potential, going and you know winning a big game against Oklahoma. So right there, you know the sharps are going to grab the points right away. It just sets up perfectly for them. One team should come back towards the mean, you know, and progress, and the other one should regress towards the mean. So they see value in the line now that it's gone to five and a half at some shops, six here in Vegas because you know Vegas doesn't like sharp money. So it's still six here, five and a half offshore at most places. I think come Saturday, you're going to see a little buyback on Texas. I think Texas will get some support, and it'll probably level off at six. Um, I I think Marco's right. When you see these two teams, you see Missouri puts 52 points a game on the road, averaging, and Texas averages that at home. You know, so you're looking at a 100-point game, according to their averages. I think this game's going to come down to defense. Um, and, and the rushing game. We both know they could pass Daniels 2,000 yards passing, 16 to 4 touchdown interception ratio, McCoy 1,500 yards passing, 17 and 3 ratio, both over 75%, 77% completions. So we know they could toss the ball. I think it's going to come down to the running game, and I think that's where Texas has the, the advantage. Um, I think on the defensive side of the ball, the one thing that I noticed, the biggest difference, when you look at their stats, they're so even except one statistic, the defensive yard per point. To score on, on Texas, you know, you have to go 26 and a half yards for every point scored, okay? To score on Missouri, you had to go 15 yards for every point scored. That's a huge difference. When you look at every other statistic that is so close, it shows you just how dominant this Texas team really is. And Missouri, they're a good defense, too, against the run. They only allow 110 yards. That's not bad in college. Three yards a carry is excellent. But then you look at Texas, 51 yards, allowing 1.9 per carry. I think it's going to come down right there on the line of scrimmage. Um, I really do. I think who's going to impose their will, just like we said last week. We saw Texas imposed it last week. Uh Who's going to make the other team more one-dimensional? Because as good as Chase Daniel is, as good as Colt McCoy is, 
If I drop eight guys back in coverage and get a pass rush with three, you are not going to throw 75% completions. Um, so I think that's what it's going to come down to. This is a great game. I have no opinion either way right now. I think the line is solid. I, hopefully I do come Saturday because it is a big game. I love these kind of Yeah, I, I definitely have a, I have a pretty strong opinion, which I'll be talking about in our pick section later. On this in, one? In, in the sports betting pre uh, – yeah, on our sports excellent, betting preview show. Excellent. But, um, you know, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think Oklahoma State played Missouri perfectly last week. They baited them into playing like kind of a, a running type of exactly, game. Exactly. And you saw Chase Daniel face – a lot of pressure where he threw like three or four picks, I think, and he had a lot. He ended up throwing for nearly 400 yards, but it was it was one of those things where Oklahoma State was able to dictate the tempo, and I think Missouri learned, which was which will help them this week, is that they they want to get in a shootout with Texas. They do, and that's 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 what honestly this game will come down to. If you look at the time of possession between these two, Missouri only holds the ball 26 minutes per game, and does all that damage. Texas on the flip side carries it 34, 36 minutes, I believe it is. You know, so what kind of game are they going to play? Is Texas going to be able to dictate and, and keep Missouri on the sideline and say, no, you, you're only going to get on the field 23, 24, 25 minutes, and we're going to play our ball? Or is Missouri going to be able, you know, to advance that a little? Is you're going to have to. They're, 25 minutes on offense will not be enough. Right, and I, I think it's an excellent point because I think what happened last week is that Texas was up to the task of playing a shootout with Oklahoma and was able to match them. They did get the, the punt return or kickoff return for a touchdown that really got them back in the game. But, you know, they were able to put you know match the points with Oklahoma, and, you know, I didn't think they would be able to do that. They proved that they could do it. Now I want to bring something else, else up real quick. Because Mark Lawrence actually posted a, a, an interesting article up on uh, pregame blogs this week. And uh, it, it goes to the sense of playing against any college football favorite who won straight up as an underdog against a 5-0 and or better opponent in their last game. Now this is one of those Mark Lawrence super system type things. A lot of people I know are kind of hesitant to, to look at something like that. But I think... It, you know, this is one of those things that makes sense. It, it, yeah, it holds a little merit. I mean, his numbers are, you know, in the play against role, he's got a 62 and 41 against the spread record, which is over 60%. I mean, so you have a lot of good, well, you have a good sample size. Yeah, you got it's a good sample like size. It's not something that's just made up. You know, you guys, everyone who listening could go check out this blog on pregameblogs.com and, and, you know, read more in depth on it. He calls it a brilliant disguise because it's one of those things. That uh, not is just a good Bruce Springsteen song, but it also kind of you know talks about how you know it's it's one thing to beat a, a top team or you know straight up as an underdog, but then you know it's the natural letdown theory. Marco, do you want to touch on that? Um, that's a good point with Mark Lawrence, but I, I think in that if that's a very broad you know statement oh, that he's making, and definitely. I think that where it comes more into value is when it's a bigger underdog that pulls an upset that nobody thought they were going to yeah. have, then it's more of a letdown the next week as opposed to a Texas big game. Had the, they, right. People that thought Texas could win but the game. Two points that I wanted to make with uh, one thing that you said, Ace, about the rushing defense. Um, one thing I want to say to our listeners is that you can't get too caught up with great rushing numbers on these teams that blow people out. Because when you're down 21 points in the first quarter, yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not running you're anymore. Right. So you're there's not, nothing, you're not defending anything. Right. right. It's straight to pass. That's one thing. But one other point that I wanted to bring up, and I want to go back to a couple weeks ago, Ace, and when we were in the Money Talks contest, 
and we were discussing the game. We still are. We still are. <laughs> and uh, the Tennessee-Auburn game, when we talked about that game, I told you one of the reasons I liked that game so much is I said there was two games on the schedule that were side-by-side. Side. It was the Georgia-Alabama game yeah, yeah, and the Tennessee-Auburn. And I said, I like to look when there's two games that are similar or whatever and the lines there and the rankings. And in that game, you had Alabama and Georgia were ranked you know, both in the top right 10, there. and it was a seven-point game. You had Auburn and Tennessee playing, same line at seven. Auburn was ranked, playing at home, and Tennessee wasn't, and yet the line was seven. And you had just gotten embarrassed. Okay, so I said, that didn't smell right, and, and I made Tennessee my biggest play that week on my phone service. What I'm going to say to you, do you think it's a little bit strange if you look at this game and compare it to last week? Last week, you had number one versus number five, and the line was seven. Now, this week, you've got number one playing number 11, and it's on a home field. It's on Texas's home field. Last week was the home Dallas. neutral. Yeah, you're right. And the lines basically opened the same. Missouri's a lock. With, with, with that thinking, <laughs> yeah. makes me... I understand. I just wanted to bring that up. No, that's a great point. And actually, we have a, a couple uh, Missouri uh, insiders on the forums in uh, Spartan and Central 07, I believe. And these guys, Central 07 went... You know, as far to call it a game of the year on Missouri on the money line, he's wow. so confident. You know, it's a good spot. It, it's one of those things. If you believe in the team, you know, this is la- the last week, from. I mean, I'll, I'll give Spartan a lot of credit. He actually went out and said Oklahoma State would cover. So you get, you know, this guy's not a homer. I mean, he's he's given me good reason to back Buffalo earlier in the, in the season at at Missouri, which covered. You know, he picks he his spots. His he knows his team. You know, so you know that's definitely something to keep in mind. Now we're gonna take a short break here on the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast. We will be back with our question of the week, which is a very, very interesting question, which I think you'll get to know each each of us a lot better. And uh, we'll be back with that right after this. Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from pregame.com. The pregame cheat sheet features everything you need to bet on the top. TV games, including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games and make sure to start your day with the pregame.com cheat sheet. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Now to our favorite segment of the show, which is our email question of the week. And uh, we've got a special one today, which I thought was outstanding from Denver Money. Oh, Denver Money, someone's, someone's got something to say. Ooh, could that be email coming my way? Okay, Denver Money this week, and by the way... Check your email tomorrow. I'll be sending you a $25 coupon courtesy of pregame.com for your question. And this week's question is, and doesn't have to do with handicapping, but it's very interesting. He wants to know, what does one have to do to become a pro capper? What did each of you do before coming to pregame, and how long have you been a professional capper? How does one become a person that could sell their picks on pregame.com? Maddie, we'll start with you. Well, my story is kind of interesting. I mean, uh, as most of you guys know, I'm the GM of content at pregame.com. I actually came back to Vegas uh, 
almost four years ago uh, when RJ Bell was starting this site. And uh, I had, uh, you know, kind of a history within the business, more from the uh, the odds making side of the, of the counter, I guess, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I did work for Roxy Roxbro and Las Vegas Sports Consultants actually before Ken White was there, before he bought the company over 10 years ago. And I served as senior editor and producer of what some of you guys might know of as Computer Sports World and DBC Sports. And I started a, uh, a column called Sportsbook Insider with Roxy, basically, which was a, um, a daily column that we had syndicated across the country. We'd send it out to a bunch of newspapers. USA Today picked it up. And it was uh, one of those things where I would go up and talk with Roxy each day, every morning, about kind of what was going on in uh, sports betting. And, you know, he would give me his take basically from, from the guy who, you know, invent, you know, started the lines. I mean, he started LVSC, you know, and, and, you know, for some of you who don't know what LVSC is, they supply the opening numbers for about 80% of the casinos in Nevada. And, um, you know, so that's kind of how I got my start, you know, and then I got back into doing content here at pregame.com, you know, like I said, almost four years ago. And, you know, RJ basically came to me. I had never sold a pick or, or did anything as far as handicapping. But he basically said to me, hey, you know what, you're, you're looking on the Internet, you're doing research and, you know, you've been a numbers guy. You're coming up with all this information. Why not, you know, why not give it a shot? Why not, you know, put, you know, you're an outstanding writer, put the stuff together, you know, because essentially, you know, some of us, you know, put in some great content with our with our picks and, you know, that's pretty much, you know, how I got started with it is just, you know, taking the games I like the most, putting it together and then, you know, just giving it out to you. What I like to say is I do the work for you. A lot of the guys out there I know on pregame forums, you guys love betting sports, but you don't have that extra time during the week to do the homework. And what I like to say is I do the homework for you. I'm on, you know, I'm doing this full time as GM of content. I'll do the homework for you and then try to give you my best bets every week that I'm playing. So that's pretty much how I got started. Vegas runner, you got a great story. Um, yeah, well, it's tell you the truth, it goes way back. Um, as far as being a, a paid capper, I never had any intentions of doing that. Uh, through the years, I had opportunities to do that, and I, I never wanted to. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, the first reason was I saw a lot of these pro cappers because my job was being at the sports book all day. That's what I did. Um, as for, Vegas runner. As yeah, a runner. For, for a very long time. And I saw a lot of these guys that pay their, the, you know, get paid for picks. And yeah, most of the guys on our forum definitely bet more than these guys on their games. You know, they have a lot more invested in the outcome. Anyway, to make a long story short, even though it is a long story, um, I started off in, in the sports betting industry as a way to make a living. I, I mean, back, I, in back in Philadelphia, I had no choice. Uh, my father passed away at a very young age, and I had a younger brother, younger sister, and a mother that didn't speak English. So I had to support a whole family at the age of 17. I had two choices, drop out of school and continue bookmaking, which was making more money than I thought going the other way, or, you know, have my family suffer and try another way. Anyway, to make a long story short again, I chose bookmaking because I loved it. Um, that led me to moving money for guys that knew how to win. Um, eventually, after I had a child, it became the easy solution. It was the legal way to do it. I had no risk at all. And you're I was Vegas. betting. Yeah. I said, I want to take my family. I'm going to Vegas, and I'm going to start betting at the windows. I want 
no problems with bookmaking. I sold the books that I had back in Philly, you know, the interest that I had in books anyway, um, and came out here, started running. Uh, me and RJ had a mutual friend that was a sports book manager. And here's the funny story. He asked if I would meet with RJ. And, you know, he told me this guy's a serious man. I think you should meet with him. He's a good guy. So I met with him. And uh, right away, I said, I thought this guy's different than any other guy that approached me. Seemed like inside them, they were working a con. They were working a hustle. And they wanted to know if I was down with the hustle. But with RJ, it was different. Like, he approached me like, is what I'm hearing true? Did you really, I know you ran for other people. I know who you bet for. You know, he knows most of the guys that I was betting for anyway. He said, but I know, I heard for the last five years, you've been betting your own plays and have been extremely successful. And I said, yeah, but you know, I lead a very private life. Um, he said, well, people are always asking my handicappers, if you're so good at, at betting sports, why would you sell your selections? And he said, I want to bring a guy to my site that actually does that. That could there's a perfect example of someone who makes a living betting sports and is willing to share his work. And that kind of struck me. It made sense. All my friends, everyone I talked to for advice said, "You're crazy. There's no no way. There's no way for success. Um, all it's going to do is is cause you stress because unfortunately most sports betters bet is a vice, not as an investment." And because I was brought up to bet to make money, I have no interest in games. I love sports, don't get me wrong, but I have a million other things I'd be doing than watching a game um, if it wasn't to make money. So for me, it was always about turning a profit. And I explained to RJ, God, I don't hit 70%. I don't, I'm, I don't even want to hit 60%. I'm a volume guy. I, I earn my units that way and I can't change. I, don't, I can't put up picks early in the week. I can't put them up. 20 hours in advance so you could market them. And he said, I don't want that. That's not what I want. I want a guy who actually bets sports. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have the bro pro better challenge. I'll introduce you to my website and see how they respond. And I bet you we have more guys on there. He said that really want to turn a profit doing this, that really want to learn from someone that is actually doing it. And I mean, RJ's a sharp guy. He he didn't want to hear about it. He wanted to see it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I had to go to his office. The guy wanted to see, you know, he heard I paid my tax returns for the last whatever years has been betting sports. He wanted to see that, you know. Remember he asked me how many seasons have you lost? And the guy wanted it. I mean, he, he did not want to get embarrassed by bringing someone to the site and saying, listen, this guy's handpicked off the strip of Vegas. He's made his living betting sports out here since as long as I've been here. Right. And I'm going to put him out here, and this is what he has to offer. And he made sure. He did his homework. And that brought me to pregame. And then I was nervous at first, but then I started realizing there's so many guys that were where I was 15, 20 years ago. And I asked myself, 20 years ago when I was starting out, if I could have had access to the sharp plays that I was getting, and all I had to do was pay whatever, 500 1000 a month, to get them. Would it have been worth it to me back then? And absolutely. If I could have done it again and had someone, I'm not tapping my, patting myself on the shoulder, but if I could have had someone like me giving me this stuff 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't be here right now doing this. I'd have been retired a long time ago. Uh, but I love what I do. Um, this is the kind of business results. You need results. Um, you, you need, the bottom line is you could market, you could talk to talk, you could whatever you could have the golden tongue and sell 
But the bottom line is today's the information generation. And people will know whether you win or lose. So you need results. And uh, I love what I do. I'm glad I took on this this risk, this venture. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to stay in the business. I, I believe I will. I'll bet forever. Um, I believe I, I'll share my work forever as long as people are interested in it. And I'm glad there's a place like pregame out there that someone like myself could come to and not be embarrassed, you know, to be with them. I, I'll tell you the truth. It's embarrassing some of them handicappers Absolutely. that sell these selections and can't pick better than the guys they're selling them to. No, no nothing more than the guys that are buying them from them. And, um, I, you know, I'm proud to be a pregame. I and really I, am. And, I, and we're, we're proud to have you. I mean, I think the thing that sets pregame.com away or apart from other sites is the the integrity of the cappers and just that they're the real deal. Like you, you have a great story, but if it's fabricated, if there's What's, no, if exactly. there's no legitimate part, I mean that's why RJ took the time and he he, he groomed you. We, you know, we made sure you were the real deal before before we let you go and and sell a pregame pro. Funny and story with RJ. I, he goes, I know you were on the Stardust Radio Show a couple times, and I see yeah, I used to go as a guest a lot. He said, What were you promoting when you were on that there? I said, nothing. What do you mean? What was I promoting? He said, well, what were you selling? <laughs> All the guests or handicappers that have something to sell. What were you selling? I said, well, I wasn't selling anything. I was just, I was a better You're just that, being yourself. Yeah, somebody, right. you know, John Kelly said, hey, man, you you know, you do well, man. I, can right. I interview you? So anyway, it went from there. And uh, I, you're absolutely right. Pre-games cappers, uh, I could honestly say that I am proud of this group. Um I never would have thought that there were this many sharp people selling their plays. Like, you know, for you, for instance, when I sit there and talk with you, Maddie, the knowledge that you have and are, are able to share is so invaluable. I mean, these... It, I appreciate that. It really is. You put it together. The reasoning's great. You know, Marco, the experience this guy has, and I love that, you know... We're not at a, a million sites. It, it's all about pregame.com. It's about keeping it real, about we're here to, to help people win. It isn't, a you know, we, we have something to offer. We have something to share. It's not about, oh, if you're doing so well, why aren't you picking your, why aren't you betting your games and, and being rich? I do bet my games. We all do, yeah. I, I probably bet a lot more than most of my clients, you know, yeah. so it hurts me when I lose, believe Absolutely. me. Um but I could, I could say that for all of pregames, guys. I've gone to the sportsbook with Marco. I've gone to the sportsbook with Maddie. Um, I've seen these guys get down for real. Um, so I had no doubts at all, man. I really didn't. And I think, I think Ace, you've got the, a great story. It's really hard to top that, but there's a reason this guy over here is called the Godfather. It he, don't get he, better than he that. He probably has the best story, and I'm glad that we we got this question this week so he can share with Everybody at pregame, how he got started in the business. Because there are different avenues to get there. I I don't think there's a better story than Marco D'Angelo. Well, I appreciate that, Maddie. First, I want to say, you know, one thing to you two guys. Uh, As far as Maddie goes, um, obviously, I've been in this business for 29 years, and I've seen cappers come and go. And you know, there's numbers on every game. If you look and find all the stats, you can get stats to back both sides. What Maddie's ability is is to be able to decipher what stats and information he picks up during the day that's pertinent to the game and translate that into a winner and that's something that's not taught it's it's natural and and i commend you for that maddie and as far as you know vegas runner 
Um, when I came out here full time in January, one of the first things on the agenda, uh, RJ wanted me to have a lunch with you. He said, I remember I, that. I remember. He says, I got a guy. He says, I want you to go to lunch with him. I want you to pick his brain. And I said, I want you to tell me what you think. And, you know, I came back out of that, you know, lunch and I told RJ immediately, I said, this guy is the real deal. Thank and, you, Marco. All you got to do is spend five minutes with him or listen to him for five minutes on this <laughs> podcast. And I think you know that. But Marco, I mean, your story, I've, I, I've learned more in the year that you've been working with me closely than I've learned, you know, doing, I, I, doing just about anything I, That's what life. I want to say before Marco tells yeah. us what he did. I had the privilege and the honor to work with Sharp Guys. I mean, it's funny when I see people write their names on other forums, like this is his play. Let me tell you something. I bet for them guys that they're writing about. Um, I moved their money for a long, long time. And just when I thought that there's only a certain amount of people that I will ever listen to in my life, and those are them guys that prove to me they win, um, honestly, I have incorporated so much, Marco, in 10 months of your handicapping style to my own. Um, I have no ego about it. For me, honestly, to, to win and make money, I don't care. I'll follow you and only you if that's what's going to do it for me. I have no ego when it comes to the dollar. Um and so many little things, I catch myself so many times, I give you my word, I swear to you, and I'm like, that's a Marco thing. I said, I've said it on radio programs before, there's so many things, and that only experience can teach you from seeing these numbers for so long, seeing final, seeing results, seeing, only that experience could, could form these kind of, this kind of reasoning, and I honestly can say, if this guy writes something, says something, you really need to pay attention. You really need to try to break it apart because it will lead you to picking more winners. That's guaranteed. Without further ado, let's, let's <laughs> give it let's, to us, yeah. Marco. Let's hear the story. Well, I appreciate that, guys, and I really do. Um, I got started um, when I was 17, and it's ironic, Ace, that I've said so many times to you that we're brothers from different mothers because there's so many things that we've done the same, but you know, back in Pittsburgh at 17, I was always fascinated with betting, and I was betting my games. You know, I had a job. Um, I actually was a meat cutter. Um, my dad used to have a meat packing uh, plant, and I was, you know, cutting meat. So I always had money in my pocket, and I was betting games. I mean, that's what you did. You know, sure. young Italian boy, what sure. are you gonna do? Sure. You're gonna bet games, and I was 17, betting fifty dollars a game, and. Um, I was just killing baseball. And what year was this? Uh, this would have been 1980. All right. Okay. So, so it wasn't as far along. It's as like so, four dimes so, today. So people, <laughs> so people like chuck a luck like to rub it in. But it's, like it's, not four long, it's not as long. It's not too far, far away. But I ran that fifty dollars playing a game, betting fifty dollars a game. To I had under my bed at home in a briefcase, I had over five grand, and I was like, you know, seventeen. <laughs> you know, I'm on the top of the world. And then I stumbled across an ad, and I'm not going to say the name of the sports service, but um, it was a sports service from Las Vegas, and we'll just, for the sake of argument, call him Jimmy. And uh, <laughs> I signed up with this service because I had the thought, if, you know, if me, the 17-year-old kid, betting $50 a game can build a bankroll of five grand in a, you know, in a three, four-month period, well, how much money can I make? with a professional handicapper that does it for a living. So I signed up, I called him up, I bought, you know, bought a month's service from him, and immediately I started betting 300 a game. 
you know, I still sure. bet my games for fifty, but it's I was coming betting, from Vegas. It's coming from Vegas, this pro, and I'm betting three hundred a game. And let me tell you that um, it led into the basketball season whenever I actually signed up with uh, this service, and I got buried. I got buried to the point with this guy's picks. I lost my entire bankroll. I mean, I was, you know, 17 and I was like devastated, you know. The world was coming to an end. And I was, you know, I was pissed, to be honest. And um, I call in the one day for my plays and the guy answers the phone and um, he says, your service expired yesterday. I said, oh, yeah, I bought a month. I said, but we're down. And he says, well, yeah. He says, but, you know, we got to renew you for another month. I said, how can I? Re- how can you expect I me to renew? I says, you know, I, I blew, you know, five thousand dollar bankroll, and he says, well, you should have had Jim's platinum plays. I says, well, what's his platinum plays? He says, well, that's the the higher up program, and I says, the winning program. I says, you got to be kidding me, and I said, uh, I'd like to talk to Jimmy, and uh, he says, oh, Jimmy doesn't talk to customers. I says, really? I says, so what you're telling me is. I'm out five. Uh, I blew my five thousand dollar bankroll. You want me to give you another four hundred dollars for another month? And you told me that. And now you're telling me that the plays that I bought weren't his best plays. I ended that phone call by telling uh, Jimmy's uh, phone operator to stick his pick so far up where the sun doesn't shine. And I sat around and brooded for an entire weekend. And then I decided, you know what? I'm better than than this guy. I know that. I saw the results. And I said, I would never treat a customer that way. And I decided that Monday, I put an ad in a magazine. There was a uh, national magazine back in the day um, that was for sports bettors. I put an ad in there, and that's when I opened my sports service. And I built my model on that, you know, I always made myself accessible to the customers. And when I did have bad periods, I tried to take care of the customers. You know, I don't ask people, you know, if I have a losing season, I take care of my customers. You know, that's what I did with my phone service model. I made myself available to talk to the customers. And I only, as long as I've ever been in business, I had one set of games. There was no platinum clubs, no inner circle games. When a customer signed up for a month or a season, every customer got the same plays. And that's the way that I built my business. And I'm here 29 years later, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, Ace, and I appreciate everything you said about what you learned from me, but I learned stuff from you too. And when you stop learning in this business, you might as well quit. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, it, to me, it's just like poker. You know, every time there's a different situation, something comes up with a hand, games are the same way. Always learn make dissect every loss that's the one thing that i tell people when i win i wipe my hands and put the money in my pocket but every game i lose i go back i go back and see where where i made a mistake did i make a mistake sure was it bad luck were there turnovers that you couldn't you know just sometimes you can't you just can't control what they're gonna do that's how i got into the business and um you know, I appreciate all the kind word, guys. And I just want to say to the people out there that, you know, you, you know, it's not a dream. You know, I mean, it's a dream that's, in, you know, attainable. I mean, go to the forums, post your plays, supply content. And, you know, RJ is, a, you know, he's got a good eye for talent. You know, he's brought the best people to the site. If you think you have what it takes, that's what's great about, you know, pregame.com. You can, come, you can come to the forums. Build an audience, 
supply great content that you know is dead on and if you think you want to take it to the next level you know contact you know RJ or myself you know and we'll, we'll look at your stuff you know that doesn't mean that everybody can become a handicapper we're very very selective sure. about that and of course it's but based on results it's based on results absolutely and ace you've got a free record on pregame that's insane of the games that you gave you've had over 60 percent 68 68 percent with 272 games that's january first that is sick sick you just sold them i know that's what i'm saying it's sick how much money we missed on sales that's great but i just wanted to tell everybody that and uh you know from that maddie let's just roll right into our games of the week right now our picks of the week that's right i mean Great week for us on the podcast. Yeah, we're, four and we're coming off our first four and a week. Fourteen parlay. I'm pretty proud of that. At least ten to one. Yeah, hopefully we can roll that in again this week. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I mean, I think we mentioned earlier we were talking about Texas and Missouri. And uh, the pregame sheet, cheat sheet was wrong last week on Missouri and Oklahoma State as far as the, the total play of the day. It was actually on the over in that game. It went way under. The number was ridiculous. It was around 80. You know, cheat sheet's going to have its bad days, its good days, whatever. But I think the line came down, you know, 11 points. The total on the game this week with Texas and Missouri is around 69, 69 and a half. I think, like I mentioned earlier, Missouri wants to get in a shootout. They know that's the only way they can stay in a game like this. And I'm going to go over the total in that game as, as my play of the week. The numbers support it. Uh, Missouri's, uh, the, the over is 7 and 1 in Missouri's last eight road games. And I, I think this is one of those games, like I said, there's going to be a lot of scoring just like happened with Oklahoma. Texas isn't going to be afraid to run it up either, you know, because I think they have a lot of confidence going into that game as well. Marco? Uh, what I'll do right now is I'm going to go into Tommy's game since uh, Tommy's uh, under the weather this Get week. Get well, Tommy. And, uh, you know, I still think it might have something to do with the Cowboys losing again, but you know, we'll and because see. we didn't talk about Tom Brady last week. <laughs> yeah, I expected actually on strike once yeah. once Roy Williams, the yeah the good Roy Williams was was traded to the Cowboys yesterday. I expected Tommy to be right back in the office, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I think it is legit, and I we do wish him well. Uh, what I want to say is uh, congratulations to Tommy. Um, last week he gave you guys uh, Jacksonville, uh, which uh, was a great you know outright underdog winner. And that's five in a row for Tommy. Is it really? Yeah, Tommy's he's on. Uh, oh, excuse me, he's won four of his last five. Uh, stand corrected. And this week we'll make it five straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Tommy's going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. And Tommy, uh, he emailed me this afternoon telling me about the game, and he just absolutely feels that the Packer defense will not be able to stop uh, Indianapolis. He thinks Indianapolis got things going. It's a solid play. Back. Coming back from the bye, they're rolling now. Coming back from the bye, you know they had that come from behind win against Houston, and then last week just throttled, you know, Baltimore. And uh, he's got Indianapolis, and he actually wanted me to throw a little bonus game at the Uh podcast people Uh this week, and he said take SMU plus thirteen. And money line, right? and yeah. money line. Look out! Wow. Look out! So write it down for Tommy. Balls to the wall here. And wow! We'll just swing over to uh, Ace, and we'll come back to my stench game uh, after Ace's play. Congratulations thank for you. yours last week. Thank you. We're gonna go for our third in a row. I'm gonna stay in college. Um, to tell you the truth, this game is a game that I would be extremely surprised come Saturday 
if I don't have a three-star on it. Probably involved in a three-star teaser and at least a two-star for sure. It's a heavy hitter. Um, unless something happens between now and then, you know, to drastically change that. Um, I'm going to go with Stanford plus one and a half at UCLA. The line opened two and a half. Right away, the Sharps jumped on it because that was a, just based on public perception on the name UCLA. Um, last two times they played were UCLA blowouts. 45-17, they embarrassed Stanford at Stanford last year. And the last time at UCLA, they shut them out 31 nothing. So Stanford's looking for a little payback, and this is the team capable of doing it. Usually I'm afraid to back a team that won straight up as a dog, like Stanford did last week at Arizona, against Arizona. Here's the difference, though. They won that game with 25 seconds on the clock after being down 10 at the half. So they are going into this week of practice in the best spirits you can possibly be in. If they would have lost that game, it's a totally different scenario. But right now, they are practicing with one goal in mind. Let's take it to UCLA and beat in Arizona. They believe they can do it. I'm going to tell you something about UCLA. They are extremely weak at the offensive line. This offensive line has been re-whatever. Re it's. I mean, they've... I've, I've read on UCLA's website, Ekbatani, the offensive lineman, has played guard, tackle, and center. And we're only seven weeks into the season, eight weeks into the season. Um, they're reworking this offensive line again this week because last week they had so many problems. Defensively, they allow 171 yards rushing. Stanford averages 184. They will be able to run on them, take all the pressure off a of quarterback, Tavita Pritchard, and... On the other end of the spectrum, the pressure will be on UCLA's quarterback, Kevin Kraft, who has five touchdowns and six interceptions. So he is not capable of beating this team on his own. And they have no rushing game to beat him with. This looks like hands down a Stanford Cardinal win. Um, like I said, expect it on the card. Heavy hitter, my subscribers, expect this one on your card Saturday. Um, hopefully it's even a bigger bomb for the forum members to get down on. And I really like Stanford. I think this is going to give us three straight wins on the podcast. Very nice. And finally, last but certainly not least, we've got Marco and we've got some friends who want to wish you luck. Did you fart? <laughs> it's been man. good luck. And I, it it has been good luck. The, the fart sound bite, I'm undefeated, so thank you for that. Um, we're 5-1 and one with the stench game. Uh, got the win last week. We called for the outright upset with Mississippi State over Vanderbilt. Uh, this week, I'm going to go back to the NFL. Before I get to the game, I just want to say we have a coupon for the all of our listeners this week. Uh, we're going to give away RJ's money. That's my favorite thing to do every podcast. And uh, this week, in honor of Tommy Ryder, we're going to make the coupon Chicken Pox 20. <laughs> Chicken Pox 20. You go into the system, uh, go to Pregame Pros, make a purchase, and just... Uh, write in the uh, coupon code chickenpox20, all one word. With an X. Two <laughs> yes, chickenpox with an X. <laughs> and uh, you'll get $20 off. That's for anything at Pregame Pros. That's just our way of saying thank you for listening to the podcast. And going to my stench game of the week, I'm going to go to the NFL. And we're going to look at a stinky game here. It's Houston in Detroit. You still Ooh. have... The winless Detroit Lions, and you got the Houston Texans. And normally with these stench games, I come up with, you know, you're going to think I'm going to come with the dog, but every once in a while, 
I throw you a curveball, and I come with a favorite. And this week, I am coming with a favorite on the stench game because this doesn't make sense. This line, to me, they're, they want you to take Detroit. Nobody believes in the Texans. They've got one win on the season. It was by one point last week. They come from the grave to beat uh, you know, Miami in a, you know, a thriller last week. But the key to that is they got the monkey off their back. Two weeks ago. First win is very big. Yeah, the pressure's off. Definitely. But the way they lost two weeks ago, that could have sent a team, you know, they could have tanked the rest of the season. The way they blew the game against Indianapolis. The fact that they were able to come back, they struggled with Miami. They were behind most of that game and took the lead late. Miami come back, grabbed the lead back from them late in the game, and then they rallied in the final minutes to get the win. I look for them to have momentum going into this game. The other part of it that I like with the game is the fact that Detroit played their guts out last week. When you have a bad team that plays their guts out, almost gets the win against the division rival, Minnesota, and still come up short, they are going to be flatter than a pancake this week. And Houston's not going to take anybody for granted with one, one win on the season. And I look at the line and say, why did Vegas, you know, put this line out? What they did? I mean, you know, in some places, I saw, yeah, I, I saw the, I saw a line, you know, right now it's nine and nine, nine and a half. But you know, I saw some early numbers of ten briefly, and then people jumped on the dog. Not sharp money. I think that it's you know the public saying yeah, that's too many points for Houston to be laying. So I'm going with Houston, and I'm going to take them to roll this week. Um, they do score points. I look for them to win this game by 14 to 17 points. I love that. Points. I do too. Let, let's not forget they're playing the Detroit Lions. And getting Matt Millen, get rid of Matt Millen didn't really solve <laughs> no. much. It, it helped him cover the spread, I think, for a week maybe. But let's not forget, I actually you know, posted some on the pregame wire today, which is pretty interesting. I mean, uh, not only did they just trade Roy Williams, but they got you know some new receivers coming in now. You got a Calvin Johnson. All of a sudden, is questionable. He's got a concussion. Kevin Smith, the rookie running back, has got injuries. This is a team that they just got rid of one of their best offensive players. John Kitten is on IR for the rest of the year. This team, this team is in big trouble. Might not even win a game. They might win. Be lucky to win one game. So. Yeah, I, I love the play, Marco. You're absolute. And expecting Detroit to get blown out is in a stretch. I can easily <laughs> see it happening. But it's brother. great to take. I love that, that play. I love it. And that's it, guys. Is it over? Already? It, it's almost over. This uh, this has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think we've got one more special guest that's making an appearance. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! That's it, guys. We'll we'll talk to you again next week. This has been a sports betting preview show, pregame.com podcast.